you baby hello and welcome coming to you pre-recorded from my office or my bedroom whichever i feel like and i'm here to talk to you about self-sabotage in business my name is hannah i'm here to share my stories and connect with other people's stories and talk about things like hyper-rational thinking overthinking also hyper-vigilance And I believe a lot of people are in that boat where at work you feel like you have to go above and beyond past your boundaries or your personal limits in order to be a valuable member of your team. And that is something that I would like to change. I don't think that that is right. And I think that we can achieve a professional standard that is inclusive for everybody. I believe that we are in an era of inclusivity and transition towards inclusivity and it's an amazing thing to watch. However, it has not been that way for all of us. So we do still struggle with some tendencies and biases and it's something that I believe that we can change, especially when one entrepreneur looks inwards towards themselves and perpetuates those same values towards their community and any employees or anybody they pay forward to in the future. I believe that impact is made when we start with ourselves. So this is why I'm here to share some of my story with you. If you have something that you would like to share, I would love to include it in one of my episodes. Anchor allows you to share a voice note with me and I can upload that to my next episode. Please keep listening for a short pitch at the end where I will tell you about my business on Instagram, CoFellow. I really hope you enjoy today's topic. Hello dudes. Today I want to talk about cultivating creativity with structure. Now you might be thinking that structure and creativity don't necessarily go hand in hand. Creativity is built on the foundations of the artists that came before us, the greats back from the renaissance, the medieval times, modern art. There's so many different eras that influence today's art, which is contemporary art. The artists of the past have built these foundations and in art class in high school, we learned all the techniques, the basics of the concepts of producing art. And I want to talk about cultivating creativity by integrating more structure in your creative process. I've broken this concept down into a few different categories and we'll be talking about things like inspiration and motivation. We'll talk about referencing others ethically and motivating yourself with things like an attainable schedule. And I also want to talk about mediums a little bit. And how practicing any art form can actually help you communicate with your higher self or your older self. It really only matters that you're creative. And I want to talk about looking at art and critiquing art from the perspective of either the artist making it themselves or also the observer of the art. So as I was saying before, inspiration comes from artists of the past and also artists of the present. We can draw inspiration from day-to-day life, from our relationships, from our personal experience of the past, from worldly events, from nature, from literally anything. You can find inspiration in anything. And when it comes to being inspired by somebody else's art, I would argue that it's 100% okay as long as you've changed it to include elements of yourself. Depending on how much you change, you can use something as a loose reference 
if it's a close reference where you're offering a rendition of somebody else's work, it's very important to credit them and seek the proper permissions. The permissions is maybe more so only if you're selling art or if you're using inspiration from somebody who's currently making a living off of that art. However, artists from the past are 100% fair game to be inspired by and recreate. And some artists are actually open to recreating their art and using them as inspiration. It's really just a matter of that permission. Art is so important to our society. Art and creative thinking can help with things like emotional processing. Anybody who's experienced a trauma at this point with their social climate, we all have. And it can really help with that process of understanding the way that you think and the way that you feel. And it can help you process dreams and it can help you process any thoughts that might be coming to you that kind of seem out of place. It can really help you get to know yourself. And I've learned over the past couple of years how to protect my energy because I don't consume content that is going to affect my art. And if there's something on the TV that I don't like, I will turn it off. If there's any major events in my community, I will find out. It does not need to be from the news. However, I don't typically participate in those conversations too deeply because I'm not the most informed in that subject. And I keep it that way because I hold it very heavy to my heart. And when it sits there, I see that in my art and I see that in my environment and it starts to get even heavier. And this also involves saying no to my own inner judgments, whether that's my judgments of myself or my judgments of others. And looking at art very objectively, as opposed to looking at it from a place of criticism or judgment. Inspiration can come from your community and artists of today, especially when they're like-minded and you're participating in a collaboration. Collaborations are a great way to play to people's strengths and challenge people in different styles or to mix mediums, or to create something that's brand spanking new. And the community side of art is really what I find drives my next topic, which is motivation. And motivation comes from frequency and practice. It gets easier each time, especially if you're taking on a project or a new art form and you're uncomfortable with it, that's okay. Those are the moments where you figure out your process. And those are the moments where you get to nurture yourself and you get to figure out what you like and what you don't like. And it's okay to be uncomfortable and it's okay to not be good. However, with practice, you will get better. And with frequency, you won't have to muster up as much motivation every time you do it because it just kind of becomes second nature. And you can get motivated by bringing your creativity to boring things. If you have repairs around the house or mundane routines that you don't like, you can create the mood. You can buy color-coded dishware, dress the part, or light a candle, or move around while you do things, or sing while you do things. My dad loves to whistle and it drives me insane, but now I'm starting to get it. And then all of a sudden, the regular things that you have to do don't become so regular. They have your flair on them. Motivation, genuinely, it can come from making attainable choices and setting yourself up with goals that are actually attainable for you, something that you can genuinely achieve. And this comes from small improvements and putting yourself in new environments for small doses. Because art brings so much balance 
to people's lives, especially when it becomes a common practice. Being creative and practicing art, it can help with things like problem solving, memory, mental health, and emotional processing, like I said before. And when you cultivate your own process and you understand the way that your mind works and your wants and your needs, you start to do things to get to know your process on a deeper level. And then it doesn't matter what other people say or don't say. You're just doing it because it's something that you enjoy. And when you're starting something new, you do need to give yourself a grace period because you're likely going to suck. Any artist out there has practiced and cultivated their skill and nobody is good at any given thing on their first try. Personally, I've tried so many different mediums, but my go-to is painting. I love painting. It's the tactile texture that I'm looking for and it's really easy to fix mistakes. However, there's other mediums that are not my jam. I actually suck at drawing and this is actually... It's a little bit funny that I'm talking about structure and creativity because in my own creative practice, I don't plan shit. I don't create mock-ups for anything and that's why I like painting because I can draft out what it's going to look like with my paint and then I can alter the perspective if I need to and I can cover things up super duper easily, especially with acrylic. However, my sister is the complete opposite and she makes plans and has reference images for everything. And that's the more practiced way. (laughs) However, it's just not the way that I've really practiced my art as of late. Maybe that's where my practice might go one day is using more references and adding more structure into it. Now that's in reference to my creative practices like painting and cooking and stuff I do in my personal life. When it comes to my business, it's actually the opposite. Every single step has an intention and forethought. And I'm always working on building more balance between the two and how can I bring more of both to the table. And part of this has actually been learning how to put it down and stop and step back and just not create for a minute. And especially understanding that creative drought is 100% part of the process. You can't be inspired and motivated 100% of the time. Sometimes it's slower. You have paid days and you have broke days. That's okay. But offering yourself grace when you are experiencing drought or if you are new and not expecting that world of yourself. Being bad at something or learning something and getting better It can inspire others. I get inspired by people in the art community all the time to try things, techniques, and each time I try and find myself in that thing and I try and bring more of what inspired me or what drew me to that to the table and I make it as different as I can. And I've cultivated a style for myself that's a little bit cartoony, almost realism, but it's not hyper-realism. And there's lots of colors, but a lot of earthy sort of themes. I really like my art. I do a lot of plant heads. And it can be very therapeutic. And cultivating physical health can actually help you cultivate more creative energy as well. It can help you release tension in the body. And it can also help with emotional processing. And it can help with just cultivating a healthier environment for your mind to find inspiration and find motivation. 
and both art and physical health. The foods that you eat, how often you move your meat suit, and how often you create can help you cultivate a healthy nervous system. Especially over lockdowns, I had the opportunity to create with so many different mediums, and I have my favorites, and I have my least favorites, and I'm very grateful that I've had the opportunity to experiment with that. I've tried clay and oil painting, embroidery, crochet, sewing, I've tailored clothes, I cook, I bake. This does not mean I'm any good at them, but I do have three instruments that I'm very mediocre at playing, and watercolor, like so many. However, my favorite is acrylic on canvas. I know that. (laughs) And I know that from all the things that I've tried. However, I still go back to some of those things from time to time. And business, that's an art if you're doing it right. This is editing me here. I just wanted to add that business has brought so much balance for me specifically because it allows me to build the structure that I need in my schedule while also taking care of myself on my own schedule. And you can either try them all or you can pick one and master it. There's no rule on it. And you can build your process and build a mastery and have more fun and be more present and know that you're improving your memory and you're improving your mental health and having an outlet for coping is such a beautiful thing. I don't believe people when they say they're bad at art because there's no way they've tried everything. Some people just don't enjoy it, that's okay, but I believe that art comes from practice and also passion. You do have to have the want to do it. However, it doesn't have to be difficult and it doesn't have to be a stressful process. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It does not need to be expensive. You can start by using what's on hand and keeping a few things on hand that are a little bit more crafty, but not investing more than you can afford in a practice, especially if you're not positive if it's going to work for you. My first stop is always the dollar store or Walmart. Before I go to either of those places, I see what I have on hand and try and be as sustainable as I can by trying not to waste what I have on hand already. And if you have something on hand that maybe you bought too much or you didn't like it, you can share with others. You might have a hobby on hand that you didn't pick up, you didn't enjoy it, but maybe your sister would be really into it. And then further down the line, maybe your mom can loan you some yarn and you can pick up crocheting as well. You can make things for each other and you can inspire each other and know that gifts are made with love and all that really great stuff. And it's really, really amazing. And you can build your own little community of creatives as well. And you can share feedback with each other and exchange concepts And it can be very supportive. And further on emotional processing of understanding yourself, it can also be a very supportive environment from your community as well. And that segues into my next topic of your higher self or your older you. Don't be a jerk. I know too many creatives who are so critical of their art and they are so quick to hype up other people's art. And it blows my mind because sometimes I'm not sure we're looking at the same image. It's so important to do art because you enjoy it, not for what other people say, and do it for your creative process. And that doesn't come from talking negatively 
or feeling negatively about what you've created. If you showed your friend your piece of work and their feedback was something negative or non-constructive, you would not want to show that friend your art ever again. So why would you talk about your own art that way instead of finding at least one thing that you did really well that you enjoy about it? Try and be nicer to your own creative process. And I like to revisit old projects, whether it's a completed work and I want to take a look at it to see where I might want to improve for next time. I'll do that after I've appreciated the work that I've put into it. And then I'll go back to it to look at where I might need improvements. And I try not to be too critical when I do this. Sometimes you can revisit your old projects so that you can improve for next time. Or maybe you don't even like them anymore and you can recycle them. Either change it to be better or cover it and make something completely new. And really, really develop your personal style. I have my style, like I was telling you. It's a little cartoony realism. But develop your style of what you like to do. Maybe your style is that you like to do everything and that is totally fine. Developing your style will help you with that foundation of understanding your process and you can push the limits with that and you can always try new things but developing your style will help you with developing a plan of action especially if you're taking on a big project especially if you want to make improvements around your technical skills and create for your process create because it inspires you and create because it inspires others and create because I love to see it I love when I see other people's work and I especially love when they let me in on their process of why they did something a certain way. It's okay to share your art and it's okay to get feedback around it. I actually personally love feedback around my art. It can be my favorite thing. It can be a great way to bring your inner dreams or thoughts to reality and communicate with others. And I believe that artists don't give themselves enough credit for the level of intelligence that it takes to create something beautiful. You have to be able to identify patterns, maintain consistency of color, and you have to be able to see something before it's actually brought to life. And then when that's communicated to other people and you have the ability then to make somebody else feel something based on an image that they have potentially never seen before is such an incredible skill to convey emotion and then to repeat that emotion and the manner of being subjective in interpretation is just so amazing. And when people offer you feedback, it is nine times out of ten not because they're trying to hurt your feelings and more because they're trying to see you improve because they want to keep seeing you create and they want to see all of it. People love to help. And I love to ask people when I've been staring at a piece for too long, I will ask any one of my friends or all of them, where do you see that this still needs some work? Is it on the nose? Is it on the trees? Where is it not quite coming together? And then after I get their feedback, that is usually when I go and do that. And then I come back with a full-blown masterpiece and it's amazing. Your friends want to help you. However, only accept feedback if it's going to be helpful for you and it's not going to challenge you in a way that will take away from enjoying the process. 
And that leads me into my next topic of tracking your progress and the analysis of it all and that whole bit. When you're creating something, anything, painting, a craft, food, it doesn't matter. Take some time to step back and appreciate it. How long it took you, the hard work that you put into it, the cramp that you had in your neck while you were putting it together, how beautiful it is, the color saturation, all of it. Take it all in and thank yourself and thank the canvas for looking as gorgeous as she does. And then at a later date, not one after the other, don't criticize something the moment that it's finished. At a later date, revisit it and take a look at it and see if you still feel the same way. If you do, golden. If you don't, golden. Either way, take a look at it and see where you might want to challenge yourself next time. What actually worked really, really well and what didn't. That's how you master your craft and that's how you get perfect ab portraits is by doing a couple sucky ones and then developing your process around painting the noses and then the eye sockets and then the mouth, etc. You know what a face looks like. By developing your style, it's almost like developing a tracking system that helps you know where you might need to improve. It also helps your art to be identifiable to others if you do ever share it. And it comes from revisiting it. It comes from paying attention to the process and it comes from remembering for next time. And you need to find a way to do that from a place of love and not from judgment. You should not be looking at your art from a place of being too critical, but rather from a place of where can I improve. And this means rejecting other people's opinions, good or bad, because your process and your creative journey looks different than anybody else's. And art is always subjective. What people feel when they look at it is going to be very different than what you feel when you are the one who put in the blood, sweat, and tears. So don't look at what other people have to say, but rather take an inventory of what you think did really well and what you think could do better for next time. And take all of that in before you ask other people, before you reach out for feedback from others especially if that feedback will hurt your feelings or affect your process next time in any way. You can always choose to continue to improve on your personal style or diversify it. You don't have to put yourself in one box. That's the greatest thing about art is that it's always changing and that it's always pushing the limits. Just make sure that you are doing this from a place of keeping up with your personal standard of yourself and not for the opinions of others. And you don't have to create because you want to improve. You can enjoy a hobby even if you suck at it long term. (laughs) That's okay. Like, seriously, that sounded sarcastic, but that's 100% fine. If you're not good at something and you do that because you enjoy it, power to those people, my friend, because they are not afraid to look silly. It's okay to look silly. But there's somebody who enjoys their process and enjoys their practice and that takes a lot of patience and that takes a lot of emotional intelligence. And you seriously don't need to be good. Nobody's asking you to be good. So you can choose to look at your art and ask yourself where you could improve or you can just create because you like it, because it brings you peace or helps you process and cope. It really, really does not matter. 
And really, this is such a huge topic. I could go on about it more, but that's all that I have for you today. And from this, I hope that you feel inspired to create. Seriously, I love seeing other people's art, and I love when it inspires me and when I see somebody just doing their thing, and it encourages me to do my thing. I hope you feel inspired to create, and I hope you feel inspired to do so as a way to get to know yourself and how to support your mental health and your memory and your overall well-being. And I hope you create a practice for yourself that you can really, really enjoy and that you're confident in sharing it with others and that it doesn't matter if their feedback is good or bad. You can just feel confident in what you've created and you can appreciate the work that you've put into it. I really hope that you're kind to yourself and that if you do suck at something, you offer yourself grace. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Thank you so much for listening, and as promised, I will give you a short little pitch about my business on Instagram, CoFellow. Now, if you take a look at my feed, you will see a lot of tips about how to use social media as well as how to market yourself. With this platform, it's my mission to create impact around our professional standards towards inclusivity and sustainability, be that social impact, environmental impact, or within a health and wellness space. Typically, I work with service-based businesses. However, it's not limited to that. I will work with products as well. Specifically, I work with a lot of artists, musicians, and coaches, anybody in the health and wellness space. However, this is not limited to those specific audiences. I also have worked with some e-commerce stores and products as well. With that, we advocate for diverse perspectives and authenticity. With my services when I'm working one-on-one with clients, I create marketing strategies for creative businesses that could use a little bit more structure and templating. And I also create strategies for technical businesses that require a little bit of creativity so that they can connect with more diverse audiences. I believe consumers want to see the impact of their purchase, be it towards somebody's story, their own transformation, or an experience where they can become the expert themselves in any given topic. We advocate for diverse perspectives and individual authenticity, and really sky's the limit. I help businesses market the transformation and the impact that they are offering their clients. It's also my mission to allow space for us to play just as hard as we work, if not harder. And this is something that I hope to achieve by leading by example, and sharing my stories so that I can hopefully pay that forward to you. If this sounds interesting to you, go check me out, give me a like, give me a follow. I look forward to connecting with you, and once again, thank you so much for your time. Cheers!